Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and Dragons and Magic. Stupid, mindless bad. There will definitely be some bet. That's probably our best. Lot that, that's, 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 our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast, featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. Hey, geeks! Welcome to episode thirty-four of Geeks of Cascadia. I'm your host, Blue Samurai, and I am with the Costasaurus, chilling over here. And last but not least, I'm still Paul. All right, we are your podcast. The tabletop games, just basically tabletop games. Anything that has to do with tabletop games, designers, game reviews. We've talked to artists. We're just big geeks, so geek them we in are, general sometimes. We are conventions. Con yes, conventions. In fact, why don't we just go right into that? What Let, do we got for let's conventions? Let's do that. Uh, well, we got a little one coming up here um, August 24th, 25th, and 26th. Ooh. That is called Dragonflight. Yeah. That's in Bellevue at the Hilton. I will be there. I will be Your there. Your crew will yes, be there. We will be there. This banner will be there. Yes, we will come see us at Community Row. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. going to be so awesome. He won't be there on Friday. For, for yeah. one day. For yes. one day, I will That's not right. be there. It's a be- his birthday. Yes, it's be my birthday. Yeah. But if you see him the next day, you can say, Happy belated birthday, yeah. Paul. Mm-hmm. Just Paul. Did you get your double ARP card yet? Oh! Yay! Yes, <laughs> Maybe you get 15% off dice. Maybe, but I'm going to check cool. and see if there's Dude. any Dragonflight WRP coupons. That's something to look <laughs> forward to. Maybe you can use it at a game that store. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I need what, this game because I'm old. What right? other cons do we got? Well, shortly thereafter, we've got the little thing called PAX West. Hmm. Never heard of it. And that is um, August 31st through September 3rd in cool. Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, Orca, Orca Con is going to have a table there in Community Row. Yep. Yes. And um, um, the Diversity Lounge. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'll be there Saturday. and I might be there Friday and or Saturday. And I Call will be in and out actually each day. Hopefully finding an interview. Hopefully you guys mm. will do on-the-spot <laughs> interviews. That'd be sure. really great for content. Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> they better do it. Anyway, we, we, might, uh, we might just talk to each other. That's oh, fine. About Marvel that's, stuff. That's fine. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Also, um, lots of fun stuff coming up real soon. Rose City Comic Con in the Rose City, which is also known as Portland, okay. Oregon. I heard it's the sister con of Emerald City Comic Con. Is it? That's okay. Right. I did not know that. Um, we got, we've got GateCon, which is a Stargate convention in Victoria, <sighs> B.C. on September 14th through 16th. Mm. And RenCon in Renton, Washington, September 15th through 16th. I'd like to tell you more about that, but there's nothing on the website, Renton. RenCon, all they do We're is... calling you con- out. It's That's a convention right. just about Renton. So you go and it's just like <laughs> a bunch of historical stuff. Renton was originally established in 1911, and that's it. And Sounds talk, exciting. Maybe they talk about the history of big hair in the maybe, 80s. Maybe. maybe. You never know. They might. All right. And also, we got BrickCon coming up October 6th and 7th in Seattle. Wait, BrickCon? Brick? BrickCon. Like bricks? I think it's a Lego convention. That makes sense. That would check out. That would make sense. That would make total sense. That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, I I don't think anyone ever grows out of Legos. No, I wish I would have kept mine. And if you think that, then definitely that proves that point. Yeah, Yeah, you never really grow out of it. Like, 
every now and then for like Christmas, like my mother-in-law or my mom or somebody will be like, oh, one of the little like $10 sets. Yeah. First thing I do, I'm like, dude, oh, I just work on that. Or if I have like, um, I can't wait for my niece, she's three now, but to get older and maybe she gets Legos, I'm like, hey, uh, you, uh, you need some help <laughs> building that? Like, because that was the thing. Yeah. Me being the oldest is my brothers didn't want to build it, but they wanted to yeah. play with it. I was like, yeah. I'll help you out. I'll build it for you, and then you can play with it. I had this little, little just 12-inch square moon base thing with a little moon base car. Oh, dude, that's sweet. Loved it. That's really, that is really, really awesome. Yeah. I loved that stuff. All right, awesome. Uh, any other cons? Um, Even that, though that's a lot. That, that, that's um, Well, there's more cons, but we can talk about them on the next podcast. <gasps> okay, but yes. we do have to plug up. Plug up? No, that's what Jason. <laughs> no. Get the plunger. We keep our personal lives outside of this that's podcast. Right. We do have to plug Archicon. Any news on that one? Uh, Archicon's coming up. It's there you January go. 10th. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, at the Bellevue Hilton. Oh, yep. no. Also, do we not know? <laughs> uh, also, it's important to it's know that out. with... talking. It's right. also I'm important gonna... to know that with Archicon... Um, it's actually 11th, 12th, and 13th. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We knew that. What's right. I'll be there on the 10th because yeah. I have work to do. Uh, <laughs> I, I will be there yes. all the days. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll all pretty much be there all day, every day. I'm actually staying the night there this time. I can. Oh, good we, for can, you. we can afford it, so that's really cool. I have um, an executive suite. Do you? Do you guys have executive suites? We might. Donna's checking into I that think for only, me. Only all right. Board you members get that. Well, I got that earlier. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't get that. No. I, well, I, was, I was only um, 10 months in advance, so I missed out. Oh. I tried to um, a few months ago. And There's a chance they might let you upgrade if you get a regular hotel room, if they, if they have some available for the, for the OrcaCon price. Nice. Yeah, that's what they told me when I, when I signed up. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'm pretty excited either way. Um, because getting to stay there, we're, we're going to have our brewed beers and have some ciders yeah, out there, and yeah. and that's going to be awesome. I had to get there. It's like I was, what was it? It was like twelve to fifteen hour days, and it was enjoyable. Don't get me wrong, but it was like that's exhausting. You know, I was going out to do the orientation at like mm-hmm. I forgot if it was like seven or eight in the morning. So I'm getting out there early, and then I stay till you know close or whatever. And but this time getting to stay there, that means I also get to just stay up till three in the morning yeah. playing games, yeah. sleep for two hours. Do it again. I, I, I commuted to, to the first OrcaCon, and I lived five minutes from the hotel, and I was exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I was only like 20 minutes away, and I was yeah. just like, oh, my gosh. But it's good. It's worth it. I've, I've met some amazing people. Um, uh, there's so many awesome people I've met on Twitter, um, especially amazing. There's a lot of amazing uh, women in the field, uh, in the gaming field, that I've learned so much mm-hmm. from and that are just freaking amazing. I, I had to give them a shout-out the other day. But um, I just, I feel like every OrcaCon, I've met someone else that is a really good example of just being an awesome leader in the gaming. So that's always been really great. Um, So we also, to give a little update, Mm -hmm. I was assuming you were done with the cons there. Yes, I'm done with the cons. Noise. Cons. Oh, one last thing with OrcaCon. We are growing exponentially. We've been growing a lot every year. Um, so last year we hit about 1,250, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're expected to continue to grow. Our numbers are looking like we're going to be, again, have another 25% increase. Our space is limited, even though we are literally using every bit of space that they have at that hotel. So if you're interested in going, 
I would get your tickets because the reality is there is a chance that we're going to have to cut it off after a certain amount because we can't just have a bunch of massive people in there because then there's no room to move or accessibility. Yeah. So I would hop on that if, that, if that's if you really are serious yeah. about getting to the con, I'd we, get on it. We are very serious about accessibility. Yeah. We're not going to cram you in there like sorry. No. So we're going to cut off. We're, we might have. We're going to have to put a cap on attendance if we hit that. Um, and we're we're moving towards possibly having to do that this this year, but we'll see. Um, anything else you want to share? Um, no, we... I'm just very excited for Dragonflight and OrcaCon. Yes. yes. And PAX. Yes. I've never been to PAX. It's mm-hmm. going to be great. PAX. Mm-hmm. So PAX is great. Um, this sounds really horrible. I would never pay for a badge to go to PAX because I wouldn't want to stand in line for two hours to play a video game. No. Um, to me, it's not worth it. It's a really cool show, but I don't mind working the OrcaCon booth because then they're like, oh, yeah. go enjoy the con. I walk around for an hour. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm not going to wait in line for things. And mm-hmm. um, and honestly, that whole hour is used for tabletop stuff that's been growing anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so an update on that uh, Kickstarter campaign we talked about called uh, Overturn Rising Sands. Um, that was the one that had all type of heavy plagiarism from Simon. Oh, that's right. You heavily recommended that, too. I did not. <laughs> well, um, it had only, I think, a day or two, a couple days mm-hmm. of, um, left to the campaign. Massive people dropped out, and it did officially get, it's called suspended, but really, pretty much they got shut down. Um, I've been suspended from, at work before. Have you? And then later I got fired. I did not oh, know. Oh, wow. How yeah. much work was this? Um, that was when I worked at the record store and when I worked at the bank. Oh, yeah. Wow. Did your parole officer help you get a, the next job? Uh, you know, then I got, I, got a, I got a good job I'm making license plates. Okay. Oh, awesome. You look yeah, great in cool. orange. Yeah. 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 Thank you. No problem. All right. Someone's <laughs> got to do it. So, someone makes your license plates. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that got taken care of. Um, and as many of you Kickstarter backers know, no funds are taken from the backers unless the campaign is successful. So with that being said, no one lost any That's money, good. even the people mm-hmm. that blindly had their trust in the company that did not back out. Um, send all your hate mail to S. Hobbs at. No, Whoa, just kidding. What? <laughs> all the people that are like, I didn't blindly back that. Yeah, if you didn't back out after that, yeah, that was not smart on your part. Um, so, yeah, there's that. A lot of Kickstarters have ended that were really amazing or will end very shortly, probably before we put this out. But there's some cool stuff that's supposed to be heading out relatively soon. Um, there's going to be... Sorry, I got distracted. There, <laughs> There's always going to be, like, cool mini or not putting out stuff. Like, there was just that big uh, Zombicide thing that went out. And it depends when this goes out. But I do know that there is a... A lot of people loved the game called Bargain Quest... Well, they're doing a second printing, and that's still good for another two weeks as of today, which is August 13th. And so that is looking like it's going really well. Again, I know there's a lot of people that loved it. Um, their goal is 30000 They are at, as of this recording, $189,000. Um, so a second printing and a black market expansion. And again, there's a lot of people that are interested in that. Um, this has nothing to do with gaming, but I think it's just freaking awesome. There was, um, to give a, a little backstory here, there were these three sisters, 
and they loved playing rock band. Uh, I don't know if you yeah. heard about this this group. They loved playing rock band since they were like little kids. They got videos of it, right? And their parents were like, huh, I wonder if they would like instruments. So the parents got them like a drum set, all this stuff. And they just started playing a bunch of music and that's all they ever wanted to do. And well, they formed a band and released an album not too long ago, a couple years ago. They're called The Warnings. Okay. Um, they're all pretty, well, they are technically teenagers. It's like the singer and guitarist is 18, I think, or 19, and the rest are all in high school age. They're freaking amazing. Okay. They So they've played shows with, like, The Killers, um, with, I believe, um, gosh, there were some metal bands they played a lot with as well. Anyways, so they have a Kickstarter going on to fund their second studio album. Okay. Now, I can't necessarily speak to the drumming because I'm horrible at drums, but I enjoy playing guitar. Man, that guitarist and singer, she, like, prodigy. Like, amazing. Like, nailing, like, Van Haven, like, eruption-heavy, solid solos just... Amazing. So that is something I wanted to plug out there because it looks amazing. It's these three sisters there. I mean, they're doing just these tours out there. So this, they wrote their own stuff. Really, really good heavy rock stuff. Um, their goal was twenty one thousand four hundred fifty four dollars. They're at sixty three thousand. This is sort. Is this a card game or is this a dice game? Oh my god! <laughs> it would be really cool. Yeah, I'm really confused. You, you listen to while you're playing. Yeah, your it is a CD. It's their CD. That's why I said this doesn't have to do with gaming. But I wanted to throw it out there because this is really amazing, and I have, I have no clue who they are. I've never met them. They don't know me. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like I have this like, maybe that's the teacher. We have this sense yeah. of like, yeah, you go, kids. Yeah. Like sense of pride. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, like, and so that's really awesome. Okay. Well, um, speaking of games, tabletop games. I'm gonna segue back Ooh. into tabletop games. Is I'm reading. I'm reading our email. I'm so distracted over here, and I noticed that Paul. Has got us into some game at Dragonflight. Is that true, Paul? Well, we're t- we're talking to uh, we're talking to um, uh, Ryan Lopez mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Um, maybe getting into some playing some Rise of Fenris. Oh, okay. I think Joe might like that. You want to do that? Uh, it's on Saturday. What? Twenty fifth. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure I can do that. Okay. I'm sure I will be there. Um, yeah. Yes. I'm. Mean, but, yeah. but, but but we're going to try to work that out. We all have stuff going on. Yes. Yeah. We will. Uh, I'm down this Saturday around the table. Not this Saturday. No. 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 no, no. no. At Dragonfly. Dragonfly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. I have finished saying, my sentence. So yeah. Sorry. This Saturday at around at around. Yeah. <laughs> at around the table, um, which would be the six days from mm-hmm. the 13th of August, they're actually going to have. I don't know if it's him, but they're having. Um, one of the creators or playtesters okay. or something okay. at an event this Saturday. Oh, I, I bet that's their, Ryan because he lives really near there. I'm assuming it is. Yeah. Um, but they're having a release party for cool. Rise of Fenris. Um, I will be there, and I'm already bringing my game and everything, and I already bought my organizer on all Broken right. Token to store the new cool. stuff, and so I will be there all day. So if, it probably won't go out before that. Okay. Anyways, but. Uh, I, so yeah, I'm really excited about that, and I just it's in my top three games for cool. sure. Well, you know we have burned up a lot of time here, so, mm-hmm. uh, so usually we got to go into our our interview. Well, of course, in podcast land, sometimes where time mean is meaningless. That's right. So we don't know what's next after this. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. We're going to enjoy it. I'm not sure what it is. No, it'll be about tabletop gaming. It will be. Most likely. Not music. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that, I've, I've, 
I am still proud of my decision to talk about that. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Check it out. This segment of the podcast is sponsored by Dragonflight, a tabletop games convention dedicated to promoting the educational and social benefits of gaming in the Pacific Northwest. Sign up now for the August 24th through 26th convention at the Bellevue Hilton at dragonflight.org. Now back to our show. Hey, geeks. Welcome to our interview portion of the podcast. And you recognize this guy. He's a I'm reoccurring guy who yep. shows up to geeks all the time, just kind of wanders in off the streets. <laughs> yeah, I know. So they'll take anybody. So, Greg, it's good seeing you. Um, you're going to be back again, right? Yeah, converting Car Wars at Dragonflight once again. And Paul and I are really excited to check out the uh, collision. And, the collision. And the shooting and the, the bloodletting. <laughs> you you forgetting the cars rolling and things. Oh, yeah. That too, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you, any of your kids are playing. I'm sure that'll happen. Uh, my, I'll, my youngest one will be there. I don't know about okay. my oldest boy because okay. I think he's got some National Guard duty or something. Oh, oh that's well. Too yeah, that's too yeah. bad. Oh, well. It's, it's all good. So... So what's going on uh, this time around? You've changed it up. Um, it's it's going to be very similar to last year's mm -hmm. event. Um, I'm still using the two floor arena. I'm going to okay. be using that one again. Cool. Um, the Is that uh, the red, one where you get a ramp. Is there a they, ramp had the, they had the ramps up okay. to the upper level, and right. then we had people falling off it and landing in various strange positions and mm -hmm. roofs and landing under their cars and other ugliness. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I. I Added a few new cars this year. Um, you know, a lot of the it's, there's a lot of work that goes into these arenas, sure. um, and there I, I like to use them for a few years. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, this is this will be the fourth outing for this one, and it's wait fourth third third outing. Right. Sorry, yeah. I've got to count right. <laughs> and hopefully, we will have this. We got to have this up this Monday because Dragon Flight's going to be. Flight is this week. Well, yes, it is. It's so. coming right up. Um, so, how can people sign up? How can same some, deal. Go same on, deal. Uh, Dragonfly. Go, go to the Dragonfly website. Mm -hmm. I am going to ask people don't sign up two or three times. I've seen people do that. <laughs> it kind of makes people think it's fuller than it really is. But yeah, that's that's I haven't figured out a way to make that not happen yet. Yeah. So, I have some seriously dedicated fans, evidently. <laughs> and walk us through how you plan to uh, do these things. So, the, uh, so the tournament itself, or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I run four rounds. Basically, everybody gets say, the same car. We plunk all eight players into the arena, and mm -hmm. whoever comes out alive, or at least kills the most of the other players, mm -hmm. um, gets to, gets a seat at the final, top okay. two actually. And then we have a final round, um, and that battle. We're going to have the top two finishers for each of the four other games, and the they get different cars, and that's a much more entertaining spectacle as mm -hmm. people have all sorts of crazy stuff on the vehicles there, and lots more crazy stuff happens. Um, and the top finisher there gets a trophy at least. I've been mm -hmm. supposedly I'm getting some support. I might have a few items that I've got stashed from various events that I might hand out as well. And that all happens on Saturday, is that correct? It's all day Saturday. And yeah, that it starts at what time? Nine. Games start at nine, eleven, mm -hmm. two, four, and seven, and is the final. Okay. And you'll have already pre-generated. Yeah, you don't have. I, I've had people walk in and you know the first time they've played in one of these, and they get to the they go on to the final and they they have a blast. Um, usually by blasting somebody else, but you know. <laughs> Um, and we've got people who you know, played the game mm -hmm. 20 years ago and people who've never seen it before. So 
it's a mix. Now, will you have the opportunity? You've had this last couple times where if you make it to the final, you can actually roll up your own car. Or yeah, I do okay. allow that. Um, if you if you do a search for the Car Wars Combat Garage, if people want to make their own designs, it's a fun little thing, by the way. Just even if you're not mm -hmm. a serious Car Wars player, you can cool. make it up and design yeah, whatever awesome. you want. That put, put, the, put the put the mind droppers on All and right. the uh, a turreted laser and see how it turns out. Do you find there's any uh, there's a an edge to anyone that comes in with the pre generated car? Because there there is a little bit of one. Um, you can design. Different players have different play styles. Um, you know, some people like to just barrel in and run into things. Others like to take, stay back and snipe or go for the crazy shots. Others like to dump gunk all over the arena for other people mm -hmm. to run over. Having a car that you've built yourself, you generally have something that's fitted more towards your play style. Yeah. And, but then again, there's also players who, let's see what this does. It's kind of like, like building your own magic deck and bringing in and playing magic. Very mm -hmm. similar. You design your car, bring it into the battlefield, and... How does it turn out, and how well does it do? Right. And there's there's sometimes there's strategy too, and try, knowing knowing which players to go after sometimes is, is another key. And so, uh, what do you what do you see as um, maybe uh, maybe last year's champion coming back? You so he's already signed up. He's All actually right. he's All actually. Two years running the champion. What's okay. his name? Chris Rhodes. So Chris he, Rhodes. Chris Rhodes will be the man to beat, folks. <laughs> he, he's he, yeah he was victorious the prior two years. So okay. and and given that there's a Mustang on the top of the trophy, I think he's going to be itching for it. Oh, so I know okay. he's a Mustang fan. All right. So you will be handing out trophies again. There's going to be a trophy. There should be. I don't have it with me, and mm -hmm. it's not quite fully assembled yet. Um, but it will have a red. I think it's a Mustang anyway. Yeah, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure it's a Mustang sitting on the top of it, and one of the, with the uh, ar armored. Uh, you know, battle battle vehicle type stuff. Shot cool. glass again for best. Shot. Oh yes, I have to give out the best shot award <laughs> as well. Um, did finally, I actually handed out the last of the ones I had at Orgacon and had to reorder them. Okay. Um, so yeah, and they have those on their website if you, anyone else wants them. And you were saying last time or a little a little earlier that you're hoping your gang support. Uh, so normally I would know by now. Um, usually I'm the one doing this. I'm, I'm part of the MIB program for Steve Jackson Games, and usually I'm the one who gets everything together for Dragonflight. Well, the the lady who ran the Munchkin tournament last year beat me the punch and was already getting things set up so i went great i don't have to do it this year okay. <laughs> so it's whatever whatever her her request came in, cool. in so i don't know right. yet uh, but worst case i will hand out a few of the goodies i have stashed away now this last tournament kind of ended with time because people were just slugging away and then they at some point some of them couldn't maneuver um it was a it was definitely a slugfest all it was a slugfest it was a very clear winner at the end well, what do you see do you see maybe it's because of the design of the tournament um because versus the ones before sometimes there was a clear there seemed to be more it, chances it, it, of a clear winner it depends winner. a lot on the players and how the game runs mm -hmm. um that particular event if i recall had about four or five players run a truce at the beginning of the game of the oh, battle wow. and then it kind of devolved after that but <laughs> um initially it just depends on the game sometimes it, it goes very quickly sometimes you it drags out and it depends also on the vehicles how aggressive players are and right. some of the players are getting a little more canny about their play too they've, they've been at this mm -hmm. you know we've been doing this what oh man it's at least the sixth year i think a couple times yeah. that's more than that <laughs> I, you know yeah. I, I ran out a few years before i first talked to you yeah so some of these people have been playing this half a dozen years that's not even counting people who played back when it was really popular. 
but maybe it will be again soon. Do you have a lot of people that kind of hang back and snipe and then getting in there and try to get in there a little later? So one of the things I did with the tournament and how I set it up is because I because it's time box, I only have so much time for each event, I have to lay out a victory condition for if there is no last player, and it is who has the most kills, a kill being you disable the car and they can't shoot anymore or move. Um, and then the tiebreaker, though, is whoever gets the first kill, if they have the same number. Right. So it's one of the, it behooves you to take other players out quickly, okay. and it gives you an edge. Mm-hmm. Obviously, having you know a person who took one out at the beginning is in the lead, but then if someone else takes two other players out later, they're now in the lead. And right. it also kind of tends to make a little bit of a dogpile effect on whoever's in the front. <laughs> <laughs> And um, which, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing for the game either. Um, and that, that's the current, that's the edition that's currently in print. Um, you know, that, and we'll see. We might we might get a taste of the next. The, the, I've checked with Steve Jackson Games. The mm-hmm. sixth edition wasn't quite ready to go out without someone from Steve Jackson Games um, supervising it. So, but I know they've been showing it off at various places. I know Steve Jackson himself ran a game mm-hmm. at one of the conventions wow. um, even. So... Do you think maybe you can get a copy at all for uh, Dragonflight? Uh, there's a, there, not for Dragonflight. Not for Dragonflight. It's not going to happen. Orcacon? Now, Orcacon might be a different story, and we, we got to get with Barry on this one. And, okay. and maybe some of the people running Orcacon to see what they can get, if they can get uh, some folks from Steve Jackson Games up there for oh. it, maybe. That would be the That'd ideal. Be cool. you know, and I don't know who I would ask or, or bug with know. that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anybody. <laughs> I'll let somebody else push that yes. if you can. okay. Well, so... what? Again, you, you don't know what you're going to get if you get anything, but talking to the, the viewers and the listeners out there, what type of prizes have they had in the past? It, it's been anything from, okay, I've got a copy of the arena set to um, the grand prize at OrcaCon a few years ago. was uh, The first OrcaCon was pretty spectacular, which was essentially, let's see, you got got pretty much one of everything of Car Wars that was in print mm-hmm. at the time, which is the Car Wars Classic. They get the arena set. They got the Arenas 2 pack. Mm-hmm. Zip, they had a Ziploc bag with the stuff again. Um, mm-hmm. Had there was like three or four different patches. They had um, the Car Wars card game, and then there was a T-shirt in there as well. So wow. for it, so it was That's you know cool. I don't I don't expect that, but it was it was incredibly mm-hmm. generous of them for that one. Um, and I, I can cross my fingers and hope for it. Uh, <laughs> but well, you know, so far, they they've, they've been, been they've, good. they've been very yeah. supportive. A lot of times it's say. like last minute. It seems like they, they come. Uh, that seems to be kind of how the support system there works. Hey, as yes. long as you get it right, as long That's as right. you get it. That's right. Um, I, and I'm usually pretty good at following mm-hmm. up. Um, which reminds me, I need to go um, ping that other M- or other MIB who's going to be running the Munchkin Tournament at Dragonflight, mm-hmm. by the way, but it's shameless plug, yeah, for other okay. stuff. Okay, no, that, that's okay. <laughs> um, and, and we should get them on air. Yeah, yeah. I could probably get you the contact info if you'd like. Okay, okay. Well, we'd be kind of interested in that. Uh, so anything else that you can uh, let the listeners and viewers know? So, <laughs> uh, you know... It's uh, first off, I, I, I have to say the geeks of Cascadia need to come out and do a podcast from the battle, from a game with them playing. Oh, he wants to be yeah. an actual game. He need to be an actual See, game. But it throws me off my room. Everyone loves. In fact, some of the most views we get. Oh yeah. Um, or listens, I should say, is the play by play, or de- I call it death by death. You, uh, you, know, <laughs> it, you, you might have to do a. You, you have to play in one of the events, though. You really need to. 
I mean, just just think of the mm-hmm. ability to, to take Paul out or, or one <laughs> of the other players. I don't know. As a journalist, though. Yeah. yeah or a well, fake journalist. You think of um, embedded <laughs> reporting, yeah? <laughs> embedded reporter, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, with with, with, with uh, recoilless rifles, yes. There you go. <laughs> Sounds fun. Uh, so, does... Uh, Paul, do you have any questions? No, I'm just looking forward to Dragonfly. I'm super excited for Saturday. Come out and play. Friday. Friday, Friday, we'll make it. You know, you notice oh, that, you, did, you know, did you notice they had games starting? It looked like at nine on Friday. No. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's an, an early full Friday. Days. It's a, it's the full oh, day. Wow. Yeah. That means I gotta get there earlier. Yeah. On Thursday. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> well. All right, well. It's a good thing someone checks the calendar. Right. Well, hey, folks. Uh, hope to see you there. Greg will be there. Sign up for the Car Wars tournament. Go to dragonflight.org, I believe, it's right? It's and, and sign up for the uh, for the Car Wars tournament. And uh, just say, say hi to me, too, and Paul. Yeah. yeah. And Let's, maybe Joe. Maybe Joe. Yeah, so yeah. For, for me, I, my last words of wisdom for those Car Wars players, uh, watch your handling and drive offensively. All right. <laughs> See you there. Thanks. That was a spectacular interview. Um, he, her, they did a great job. Yes. Uh, talking. Mm-hmm. I, enjoyed, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the an awesome job. I enjoyed the mm-hmm. interviewing. I enjoyed the speaking mm-hmm. of you the words. You had some really great questions, Joe. Oh yeah, it was, was like really, really insightful. It was like, hey, mm-hmm. like tell me about you know. I I, I don't want to go into. It. I want to reserve our sure. time yeah, here. Yeah, well, yeah. But yeah, it was the it was part, pretty, well, part where Steve wept. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. I almost wept too. Yeah. I felt it right here. Yeah. yeah. Right here. But we got more stuff going on the show. We got a game review. Game review, that's right. Um, Kelly and Doug from Geeks Tabletop Game Review yes. segment, which I remembered what it's called this time. Yeah. Five points for gonna, you. We're going to talk about Heaven and Ale. Mm-hmm. That is designed by Michael Kiesling and Andrea Schmidt, and the artist is Christian Fiore. The publisher is Eggerspiel. Eger it's one of those ones from Europe that Doug likes so much. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So it looks really cool. So should we just go into that? We should. Let's just do it. All right. Awesome. All right. Let's go. This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show. Hey, geeks. Welcome to another Geeks Tabletop Game Review. I'm Kelly, and as always, this is Doug, and today we're doing Heaven and Ale. Yeah, Heaven and Ale, this one is, I guess, part two, or part two of our spiel. Oh yeah, the spiels. Yeah, That's why we're spiel. doing this game. That is why we're doing this game. <laughs> part of the reason why we're doing this game. So this game just got nominated for one of the Spiel des Ares, uh over in Germany. It's one of the more prestigious awards. Uh, and so yeah, this yeah, is part the, two. The, the Kinderspiel, which is the kind of strategy game of the year rather Not than... Not the Kinderspiel? The Kinderspiel is the kids game. Yes. The Kenner Spiel is the is, thinking games. Is, yeah, the thinking games, one of the more kind of in-depth ones. So this one was designed by Andrea Schmidt and Michael Kiesling. Michael Kiesling, you may remember him from our Azul review. Okay. Because he also worked on that one as well. I remember these guys. Yes. And Michael Kiesling also did uh, Tikal, which was another Spiel winner, I believe. If not, it was a nomination as well. Um, and it's got artwork from Christian Fiore. He's done quite a, a bit of work over in uh, Germany on some of the those games over there. Names I don't know the title of because yeah, they're in German. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. All of those kinds of games. Not that they're bad games. 
I just don't know what they were. Yeah. But I mean, the artwork is great on this. I really like it. It kind of matches the theme. Uh, so that's it's got that working yep. for it. And this one was uh, published by Eggertspiel. They do a lot of those games in Germany, like I would. Um, like, I think My Village was also, or Village was Eggertspiel. And then that got brought in uh, to the U.S. by Tasty Minstrel. So this game is playable by two to four players and actually plays just as well in two players as it does in four players. They do scale it appropriately. Mm -hmm. uh, they recommend ages 14 and up, and it takes about an hour to play, uh, give or take player count. And it's about 70 bucks. Which I think is about right. You got all the different cardboard pieces. Yeah, we only have half the stuff out here. Pieces. Yeah. And the really nice player boards. And the thick... The thick cardstock oh on the money thick card and the, the privileged counters, just so they laugh. Yeah. So in Heaven and Ale, you work uh, in a monastery uh, to basically make the best ale to provide for the people. Uh, okay. So over the several rounds that you play the game, uh, you will use uh, your worker meeple on the main board to gather resources that you can either you can put on your player board to either harvest them for the goods that they create or harvest them to sell for money. Uh, also uh, hiring, or not really hiring, but using the monks uh, to basically help you tend your fields out on the board, on your player board. Yeah. And you gotta kind of work to balance the amount of ingredients that you uh, collect and gather because at the end of the game, your lowest ingredient that you have collected basically tell you how much beer that you make. So we will get into, we've got a setup for a two player game. So we will uh, be right back to show you kind of how we set it up and how to play the game. All right, so here we have your player board. Uh, we've given everybody $25, because I can math. Uh, we have our privilege cards, which are front and back spaced. Uh, we've put our brewer down here at the bottom and then wheat, water, uh, hops, hops. <laughs> yeast. Yeast, yeah, it's yeast. Yeast, okay, uh, and then wood here on our track. So as we move up and as we gain things, we'll eventually be start making barrels. So we want, at the end of the game, uh, at least all of our things to be up here at once so we can make a barrel of beer. Otherwise, if not, yeah, more. Uh, so the more uh, ingredients you can gather, of course, the more beer you can make. So we're gonna put these back where they found them. On the color mats. Now we've also got the different sides of your player board. We've got the light side and the dark side. And basically those sides are differentiated by how much you have to pay to put a resource on resource or monk on that side and whether that resource or or whether the resource will gain you money or will gain you uh, those ingredients. Yeah. So we have our shady side which gains us money. So when you harvest from your goods over here, and we'll explain how you harvest in a minute. Uh, you'll get money equal to the value of that resource. Uh, we pretty much are selling it at market uh, to pay for other things. However, to put it on your sunny side, it costs double the value, and when you harvest, you'll move up that space in that resource. Now we also have the, the scoring track along the right side. These? Yep, those are the scoring spaces. I wouldn't have called them scoring spaces. Uh, during during the game, you can collect scoring tiles over here on the main board to place on those spaces to basically score those goods or score for those monks 
uh, and we'll get into those details as we play the game. So that's the player board. Over here on the main board we have it set up. We have populated uh, all of the spaces around the board with the resources. We've got stacks of monks here that we'll deal out onto the board and the different uh, scoring spaces. We've got those filled in. There's also these barrels here that are kind of extra objectives that you can complete over the course of the game. Free victory points. Basically free victory points, yes. However, they can only be collected at certain spots and you have to stop and collect them. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, for a two-player game, we would have set up three stacks of four monks in each of these spaces. And we use the ones first, because that's how they have it. Um, and we'll randomly shuffle them, deal them out. And then for the first round, we'll take the four off and we'll deal them in order around on the monk spaces. And then we do the same with the resource tiles. Uh, I'm gonna take these and add these to the pile. Uh, and we've populated the board with those resource tiles. Uh, there is more of these if necessary, but they've done the math so you have a secondary pile uh, for when these run out. Or in a four or five player, or, sorry, in a three or four player game, you will definitely run out of these first session tiles. Mm -hmm. So they're numbered one through five, also kind of based on their cost. That was, that's what their cost will be. But there's also kind of objectives that you can complete to gain uh, six ones or six fives. So to set up for first player, we'll randomly decide who goes first. Do we get a victory so point for going first? You get to go first. Nope, that's only at the end of the game. So you get to go first. Now me as the second player after Kelly, I get to choose one of these spaces over here to gain a bonus. And this is a bonus for the first round and each at the end of each other round. So I'm just going to take a brewmaster movement on my player board. Okay. So now when I move my guy forward, I can move him anywhere I want on the board, so long as I'm always moving forward. So anything I pass up, I can't go back to again. Uh, so depending on how aggressive I want to start out and place these guys, these are all pretty heavy costing. Uh, I probably don't want to put them on my sunny side. I probably want to put them on my shady side. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. We'll, we'll, okay. Yeah. I'm just going to take this one. So Kelly went to this resource space. Whenever you land on a space, you have to at least buy one of the tiles that's there, take the scoring tile that's there, uh, or claim any number of barrels. You can't go on a, on a space that you can't do an action for. So you can't go into empty spaces, uh, except for the barrel spaces, because they'll all, always be empty. But you can go onto a space, because as the game progresses, there could be multiple resource tiles on the same space and I could say go here in future round and I can buy both of these or one of them or just one of them but depending on how much money I have you always have to do at least one but you can buy multiples yeah so monks just like resources have a cost uh, on the space well and they go out onto your player board we'll kind of show that over here so you can put it out here on your player board uh, and then there's the barrel spaces that you can land on the barrels uh, you basically gain all of the ones that you have completed and you can't take duplicates. So you can't take the large one and the small one that you'll see is underneath it. Also, you can't just go there to stall if you haven't yet achieved any of them. Yeah, like I said, it's you, you have to do something while you're there. Now, as the game progresses, yeah, as the game progresses, you'll want to pick up these scoring tiles 
um, and place them on your player board. Whenever you do that, depending on the space along the, the scoring side, you will gain either money or ingredients uh, based depending on which uh, one you activate. Now, activating resources, like if Kelly activates her water, she will currently on her board get four money. And that's and it. That's it. But the thing is, it counts all of the water on your board. So if you had four or five different waters out on your board, they would all activate. Same thing with all the other resources. And it would get whatever side they're on. So I would get one water to move and then seven water. Or six seven, money. Six money. I can yeah. math. Now there's this little X space there above uh, at the top. When you activate that one, you basically choose a number and activate all tiles of that number. Which can be pretty good if you've got six fives out on your board and you wait until the end to activate that. So that's However, pretty useful. once you've activated these, they can never be activated again. So if I choose my water now, I will never be able to harvest my water again from this. Uh, I can uh, harvest once I complete my circles. Sheds. Sheds. Once I complete a shed, uh, I can harvest my water again that way. However, on a mass scale, I can't do this again. So it's usually best to wait, but you will run out of money at some point, and you're going to have to do them. Uh, yeah. Now we get to the monks, and the monks are a little bit tricky. When those activate, you activate all of that type of monk, and that monk basically activates all of the spaces around it. Hey everyone, it's Doug here. So it was pointed out to us after we did our recording that we got one of the rules wrong regarding the monks. Whenever you activate a monk tile with a scoring disc, you trigger each hex around it, including other monks. Whenever you trigger a monk, it causes the brewmaster to move forward one space. It does not cause it to trigger the hexes around it. We did say that the sheds, when you place them to trigger a monk, causes the monk to activate all of the hexes around it. That is not the case. Whenever a shed triggers a monk, it moves the brewmaster forward including other monks and that's a little bit of a tricky thing so if kelly went ahead and scored uh the the white monk there or the yellow monk there he ba she basically activates all of the spaces around that one so i would get four money you would get four money you would get three yeast five barley and then you activate that monk so rather than triggering him again and getting everything that he would be around him I get to move my brewer instead. Yeah, any, any monk that triggers another monk causes your brewer to move up one space. Now as we start filling in our board, we'll start to complete, uh, we'll start to enclose these shed spaces on our board uh, that can give us extra activations of the resources around it. So oh, it Kelly- absolutely was not mathing. Kelly completed uh, that shed around that space she will total the value of all of the resources around it. So she's got ten. a 10 up here on the top of the board. Uh, she will see which shed she gets to put around there. And then she gets to activate from that one, uh, one space around that shed. So I'd probably activate this monk again, but I could activate this three wood or this monk if I decided that this monk had better things and I really didn't need whatever he had and I wanted the wood instead of the yeast. So the way these works uh, is if my total amount, like say that this was here instead, um, we have less than, we still have eight. You still had eight. <laughs> but you've got, you've got the different uh, sheds that you can have and they'll activate a different number of spaces around it. 
possibly give you movement on your brewmaster yeah. around the board and all that stuff. It's just ways to get extra activations of those tiles. Pretty much the lower the number, the more you move your brewmaster, but you don't get to activate as many of your spaces. The higher the number, the more spaces you get to activate, and the less you get to move your brewmaster. Uh, arguably, he has to spend more time building a shed than he does perfecting his craft. Mm -hmm. So as we start to get towards the end of the board, the first player that ends on the end of the round space, uh, or end, yeah, end of the round space, will choose one of these spaces to end on and gain that bonus. First player, not really a bonus, you just get to go first. But then you can optionally choose to move your brewmaster up one, choose any resource to move up two, or gain two money. Now, uh, if I'm the last player to end up over here and this first player's space is still empty, I have to take it. So I have to go there. Now, we keep playing based on the number of rounds for the number of players. Two players, it's three rounds. Three players, it's four rounds. And four players, it's all six rounds. And basically, at the, at the end of the game, we will do final scoring. That is done by based on where our all of our ingredients are on here. We'll say we got fairly lucky and got up that far on all the ingredients. Let's go there. And our brewmaster just ended up right here in this zone. So this zone, you have a three to one trade chance uh, to trade some resources for others. So to do that, I can trade one, two, and three resources to bump this one up. And at that point, there's no more beneficial way to bump up these last two resources. Then, once we've done that exchange, we will change all of our money in for more resources. Every 10 money that you have is worth um, an ingredient increase. And then, based on your lowest value ingredient, you will take that number of ales that you make and multiply it times the value of that ale, and that's your and victory points. And this all depends on where your brewmaster is, not where your ingredients are. So if your brewmaster is still down here, you're trading at a 5 to 1 ratio, and even if you have a bunch of ingredients up here and one down here, it kind of sucks, and your barrels are only twice as good as they should be, as opposed to three or four times as good as they should be. Mm -hmm. Now we didn't get into it, um, but we have these uh, privilege cards that we have. Which could be sold at any point during the game for three monies. However, the rewards they offer are much, much better than the three monies. Mm -hmm. And you'll gain these by completing sets of scoring tiles along the side. These are paired. They're in sets of twos. Um, so whenever you complete one of those sets after you finish that scoring action, you'll choose one of your privileged cards to play over there and gain its benefit immediately. Now there's straight money that you can get. Um, there's brewmaster movement that you can have. This one is for every scoring tile that you have, you move your lowest ingredient to one space, which is pretty handy. Uh, we have this one which says you pick a resource that you have, and for each one of those that you have, that resource moves one. So if I choose wood right now, I would get to move my woods three spaces. And then the last one is all of your barrels are worth an extra point. All of these barrels. Large ones are worth four, small ones are worth two. After all is said and done, you total up your the ale that you've made, plus all the barrels that you have, and whoever has the highest value or highest points wins. 
First player, also the player that ends on first for the last round, uh, gets an extra point. And I for tiebreakers. Tiebreakers, yeah, that's kind of like a first tiebreaker a little bit. Um, but if everyone tied, if there are people tied, then they share the victory. Because they both made the best ale. Yep. So that's basically how you play the game. Uh, we will come back with our uh, pros and cons and talk about what we think about the game. Yeah. All right, so what do you think of Heaven and Ale? Uh, I like it. It's interestingly intertwined and complicated without actually being complicated at all. Mm-hmm. And that made no sense at all. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I do like um, the movement around the player board, where it's not like patchwork, where whoever's behind Last, the yeah. most gets to go next. No, it's still we're going around the table, and then whoever's turn it is, they get to move. So if I decided to jump all the way over here... And race around the board and you and stuff. everyone else is dealing with this stuff. I have my choice of what's over here on this half of the board, which is very can be beneficial to me if I don't want any of this stuff and all of that stuff that I want. You can kind of try and force the end of the game, but on the other hand, the players can. Well, okay, fine. If you're gonna sit all the way over there, I'm gonna take my time over here and choose whether or not I want all of these things. Yeah, and while you're doing that, I have my choice of what's over there. So it's, it's got its, its pros and cons for that way. In a two-player game. In a two-player game. In a four-player game, it, you can't do that. I don't that. think I would make my jump that far, yeah. Um, you have to have three or four options open in case anybody takes any of yours. Pretty much, yeah. Because that's where the fourth player is going to end up over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if he doesn't want to. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the theme comes through that well in it a little bit. Yes, we're collecting these resources, and yes, I guess you said we need a certain amount of wheat per barrel that we're going to make, um, but it doesn't really come through that, that great for me, is what I've noticed as I put that away. But I still like the game. I like the way that it plays. I like the artwork. Yeah. Um, it's There is, you were saying there's a way to fall behind a little bit. It's not fall behind. It's kind of like lose yourself. Uh, get off track a little bit definitely off track like you get too much of one resource or you run out of money uh, or somebody shuts you out of hops Uh, in this particular board that we had set up here there's only two spaces with hops and they're both very low oh there was one over here oh did you take it I took it off yeah as we were kind of explaining the end of the round stuff it still is a yeah. It's in, still, in a two-player game, you can hopefully get at least one of those hops on the first round, but you have to come up with another way to get hops at that point. Mm-hmm. It's also very easy to spend your money and then oh, not get any more back. Yeah. If we look over on the player board, I my favorite strategy, and a lot of people forget to do it, is you put a monk or anything like that. You have to place on both sides. You can't place it all over here and be like, I'm going to get a bunch of stuff, because then you don't get any money and you run out very quickly. Um, Usually when I'm completing the paddocks, I try and complete on both sides first, in the center, before doing anything else, because then when I trigger a monk, I can trigger on both sides. So I get resources and money every time I trigger a monk. Same thing with, yeah, like some of the... Some of the sheds, I know the, the two shed that you get opposite sides. Yeah. If you line up to hit a monk on one of the sides, like these two. it is it is very beneficial, yeah. 
And it's that kind of balance that you just have to remember. And at some point, you're not going to have a center anymore, so what do you do? Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of very important to start with, uh, like you were saying, some money generation that you can deal with a little bit early on in case you do spend all of it through on the first couple turns. I think like um, one of the strategies that Topher does, and it kind of works, I'm not saying Topher's a bad player, it's just the first thing that he did was he took all of very large numbers and put them in the shade, and then he ended up with small numbers in the sun, and what that did is it just really hurt his resources. He had tons of money, he could buy whatever he wanted, but by the end of the game, he only had, I think, he was still he still had two below the line. Mm-hmm because he could only harvest so many times over here. And that's one of the things to look at. Um, I it's know, very easy to accidentally start doing because yeah. it's cheaper to put those smaller resources one of the down there. Two, the two um, privilege cards that give you resources, those I kind of save towards the end to complete because moving five on your brewmaster is really nice early on that you, you don't do have that to worry anytime. about it later. Yeah. Um, or money, those are early ones. But these ones, I want to say for later in the game when I have multiple uh, tiles of a resource that I can gain the most out from either of those cards. On the other hand, they're the first ones I sell if I know I'm going to have money issues. You could do that. You could go for the money privilege or dealing with that, trying to... We were doing a four-player game, and I couldn't pick up a purple dot to save my life because everybody ahead of me was picking up, picking them up. And I ended the game with, like, two purple dots. Man, that is crazy. Yeah. So I wasn't going to get any of them anyway. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's some of, that's some of the ways that you can fall behind is not noticing that everyone else is picking up the scoring discs. And you kind of have to force yourself to try and get one to basically gain the resources from it. I like the balance of it. Oh, it's absolutely wonderfully balanced. Mm -hmm. With the, the three rounds for two players, yes, you'll most likely focus on making your beer rather than going for these barrel uh, points. Don't forget. Don't forget to pick them up because the first player to pick them up gets them, not the first player to achieve them. Yeah. And you get all of the ones that you achieve when you land there, when you land on one, when you land on one of the barrel spaces. You get all the ones that you achieve. So if it's towards the end of the game and you can see that, oh, if I do some work over here with these resources and end up on the barrel space over on this side, that you can get two or three different barrels and those will be just worth so many extra points that it, it doesn't matter that you only make like five barrels of beer. Yeah. So, yeah. Is that your favorite thing about this game? My favorite thing is the player turns. The player turns? Yeah. And the artwork. Those are kind of tied. I do like you, you pointed it out. We'll, we'll oh, I didn't notice until this morning. The artwork on the back yeah. is, is really nice. It's that stained glass feel. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So that was part two of our Spiel des Jahres uh, reviews. What's we the will, next one? The next one. Next one, Spiel des Jahres. It's either The Mind or it's Luxor. I did do the Luxor secondary Kickstarter. Okay. That they did that. And they did that after they got the nomination because they got the they nomination. Were, they got the nomination, and rather than doing late pledges for the original Kickstarter, they just made this really short term. I think it was like two weeks Kickstarter. 
and they still got another few hundred thousand dollars for it so but you get I got all uh, there's a bunch of expansions coming with it we got pioneers coming with it uh, which was another one done by that studio that publisher so we'll probably do that review as well because that one got uh, a recommendation for the spiel so we'll probably do that we do have a few other things coming up for you but this is part two of the spiel to Zaris. see you next time geeks Another great game review for your view from Kelly and Doug. Heaven and Ale sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Ale part. Yeah, the Ale part is great. Um, heaven is possible, maybe, for mm-hmm. me. I don't know. Um, Drinking up Ale. I do like Ale. <laughs> Dale <laughs> sounds cool. Not as cool as Evan, but Dale <laughs> sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. And again, they were just really informative. And they make, always make me want to play games whenever yeah. we watch yeah, their reviews. Great reviews. In fact, uh, without them, we almost have no content sometimes. <laughs> so thank you, Kelly Thank you, and Kelly and Doug, for keeping us afloat. And if you would like us to do a game review, or if you have any questions of us, email us at geeksofcascadia at gmail.com, uh-huh. or Twitter, or Facebook us. And I think we want them to review us, right? Yes, if, if you, you could. Get a, a review us on, on iTunes with five stars. and mm-hmm. Say something nice would be nice. Say something not nice is also nice, but five or, stars mm-hmm. is really nice. Or YouTube subscribe us. Or uh, give us a thumbs up if you like this video. Yes, that would be, be nice. Super nice. Maybe mm-hmm. subscribe. And Somebody, Maybe please. give us a review on Facebook. That would be cool, desperate. too. Yes. We do have a um, um, new YouTube subscriber I noticed today. We do. Uh, Phil Dragar. Oh, all right. Yes. I was thinking his name would be Steve Hobbs. No, it wasn't. Oh. I've been waiting for this one especially. All right. Nice. All right, Phil. You, uh, Phil, you're our okay, favorite. Okay, we love you. All yeah. right. Um, do we have anything else? Um, I don't think so. Um, get your hotel room for OrcaCon. Yep. And badges aren't going to get any cheaper. And look for us at Dragonfly. Look for us Dragonfly. We will be there. And look for us at PAX. Yes, mm-hmm. we'll be at PAX as well. So I think that's it, guys. I think so. Yeah. So I'll just sign off by saying embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw.